Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and stronger movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today's podcast is called How to Stretch Your Hamstrings, otherwise known as What's the Meaning of Life? (laughs) I say that because it is that complex. It's not a simple answer, and yet it is asked of me all the time, and it's asked of a lot of people how to stretch the hamstrings, how to stretch the hamstrings. Well, before I get into this, let me first say, I want to invite you to try my lit daily online yoga classes with me. You will get a free trial if you sign up now, and I have a library of anatomy-based yoga classes like ones that will address the hamstrings, plus a different daily class with me every day. And I also do special monthlies, so check out my classes, movementbylara.com. And please join me at Kripalu, the largest yoga retreat center in the world located in Massachusetts for two workshops this September, September 6th through 8th for the anatomy of movement and September 8th through 10th for the applied anatomy of movement. You can come for either one or both. Find freedom through smarter, safer, and movement patterns. You can do it with me there. And if you're already a yoga teacher, you will receive continuing education credits. If you're not, you can come anyway. All are welcome. Visit movementbylaura.com for more information and to sign up. So back to today's episode, how to stretch the hamstring. I've been asked this question for a long time. And one day I said, you know, answering that is like answering the question of what's the meaning of life? Because people want a simple answer. What's the meaning of life? They want a, they like want a sentence. 
There is no answer like that. And it's the same with how to stretch a hamstring. But what I'm going to tell you about is I want you to expand your idea of what a hamstring, quote unquote, actually is and how to stretch it, what it actually means. So first of all, the hamstrings are three muscles. There's three muscles, so it's under the umbrella known as the hamstrings. And they run from your ischial tuberosity, otherwise known as your sit bone. Two of them run on the inside of the knee. The other one runs on the lateral side of the knee. So they cross over two joints, both the hip and the knee. And that means as a two-joint muscle, they influence both of the joints. So the hamstring's primary job is to bend the knee, which is called knee flexion. So if you were standing and brought your heel toward your butt, like you do, like when you're running or cycling or things like that, or say you're sitting, you're shortening that hamstring. Um, You're pulling the knee toward the butt. Uh, The other thing the hamstring does is when your leg lifts back into hip extension, the hamstring assists with that. It's not the primary mover. The primary mover is the gluteus maximus, but it also is involved in hip extension. Now, to stretch the hamstring, you have to bring the leg forward in hip flexion and straighten the knee. So that's going to put the hamstring on the most amount of stretch. So when you see somebody getting ready to run or after their run and they hoist their one leg up on a chair or something and they lean over it, what they're trying to do is stretch the hamstrings, quote unquote. So what is this obsession we have with stretching the hamstrings about? I can say, I think that there's a couple of reasons. One is people can feel real, actual, um, tangible tightness in that area behind the legs. They can feel it when they lean over to the ground and pick something up. They can feel it maybe even as they're running. They can feel it in yoga, uh, certainly with a lot of movements, it'll be pulling on that area. And then when people have experienced low back pain and stuff like that, they've gone to a doctor and often the doctors will say, oh, you need to stretch your hamstrings. Like the hamstring is the culprit of the uh, low back injury. That might be the case. But the hamstring, I want you to start thinking about the hamstrings as a longer set of muscles because through different fascial connections, the hamstrings actually connect to a variety of muscles including all the way down into the plantar fascia, into the, uh, that's the bottom of your foot, into your gastrocnemius, your calf muscle, which is behind the leg, and then up into the hamstrings themselves, across the gluteus maximus, and then into a thickened region of fascia at the base of your lumbar spine, known as thoracodorsal fascia, and then all the way up to the back of your skull and up over the skull. So I often say it's like putting on pajamas. So when we talk about stretching the hamstring, we actually have to think about that entire area because just to stretch the area behind the thighs would be a little reductionist because there's so many other things tugging and pulling on it that we're not going to feel like we ever accomplish um, what we want to accomplish. And what do we want to accomplish? Like what is the purpose of stretching the hamstring? Because if you were to ask a functional anatomist or biomechanic um, kinesiologist, they would tell you that the hamstring's actual job is has a lot of recoil property to it. It has a spring to it. It has it is helping return the energy so that the knee can flex over and over again in the form of running. So if I were to go running, imagine my my wheels uh, or my legs like the train wheels. 
they're they're going around and around, right? So there is this need this need for this centripetal force there, like you have in a in a train wheel. And if I make my hamstrings actually too long, I lose by increasing that lever of the of the wheel. I'm actually making it uh, myself work harder and produce uh, less for I have less force production. So keeping some degree of quote unquote tightness in the hamstring is actually really functionally optimal. The better runners are going to have are ones that are going to have tighter hamstrings. They're going to feel it. They're going to need that tightness to have to maintain the energy in the coil and spring. So when we say we need to stretch the hamstrings, that is not necessarily the case. What I would say is what we need to do is see how the the tautness of the entire back fascial line affects posture for one, and then therefore affects movement, like leaning over to get something off the floor, otherwise known as a standing forward fold like we do in yoga. And my argument would be that if we are feeling the, the tautness of the back is pushing the front forward, so pushing the pelvis forward in the form of an anterior tilt, pushing the ribs forward, pushing the head forward even, that would be first need to be addressed. First, we need to look at posture and get everything in alignment. So we're starting at a good starting position. Then as you fold forward, what is happening? Where is the tightness, the tautness most dramatic? And I would say for a majority of people, it's less in the back of the legs and it's more in the back body, in the low back, maybe the mid back. And so the effort and endeavor to stretch the hamstrings isn't really going to change much of the feeling of tightness. Where you actually need to open up, get more space, is in the whole low to mid back for most people. And the hamstrings in and of themselves should be okay, should be fine. So let's put this to a test. If you come up to a wall and turn so your butt is facing the wall, you your head is facing away from the wall, and walk away a bit so that you can bring your left foot on the floor and then the right foot steps up onto the wall, somewhat of a 90 degree angle. So your left leg is on the floor, your right foot steps up, And then your hands can be on a chair, they can be on blocks. And if you're more open in the back fascial line, they might be on the ground. But what is happening when you put one leg on the wall and one leg on the floor? What what is happening to your back? Does it immediately respond by rounding or does it feel okay? For many people who claim they have tight hamstrings, which they might feel like they have and they might indeed have, it actually could be that they're rounding in the spine. They're tight in the spine and that's, but they'll feel it in the hamstrings. They'll feel it in the back of the legs. So what you do then is, first of all, make sure your hands are in a good position so your back can stay straight or lengthened. So put your hands on blocks, put your hand on a chair, put your hands on a chair, your left foot's on the ground, your right foot is behind you on the wall. Not very high, just straight straight back from your right glute. So at a 90 degree angle maximum from the left foot. And then really get that spine lengthened. 
So it's as if you were standing and you just fell over and you didn't change your spine. So in other words, the spine stays long. It's not crumpling and rounding. How hard is that to do for that bottom left leg? Now you're getting into the back line of the body. The left knee can be bent. It does not matter if that has to bend a little bit. What I would say, if you want to stretch your hamstrings well, do this, but keep your spine long and straight. Keep your chest open. Don't round the shoulders. Keep the head lifted without jutting the chin up and see if you can hold this for a number of breaths. You are getting a wonderful opening, otherwise known as a stretch, and you're doing it in a great way using the forces at, at work that we that will actually help us change our connective tissue pliability, for lack of a better word, meaning how much it will expand and stretch. You're getting it because you're using the forces of gravity down. You know, it's coming right down through that left leg and you're using the forces of the ground reaction force back up from the floor into the left leg. But then you also have your right foot on the wall, which has some give to, some um, feedback to you as well because it's giving you a return of energy. As you put your right foot on the wall, you're feeling that right hamstring, that right side of the body, that whole back body also stay um, lit up because it's not just hanging in midair, not weight-bearing. So this is a great way to stretch your hamstring. So say you're like, well, that sounds great, but I could not even get in that position. Okay, so let's walk it back a little bit. Think more about bringing just the leg up a little bit off the ground, a little bit off the ground, or you can't even do that. Face the wall, put your left foot, the toes are touching uh, or close to touching the wall. Um, actually, they're going to be farther away because your hands gonna, are going to be on the wall. Your left foot is a little bit farther away from the wall, and then the right foot is behind that, but not they're staggered, meaning they line up with your front frontal pelvic points, not like they're like two train tracks, left foot in front, right foot behind, and then the hands are on the wall. Start to bend the knees as much as you need to, and then hinge at the hips. And this is another great way of using the wall through the hands you are accessing your back fascia. So these are different than just kind of leaning over that leg and getting a stretch. You're actually going to get the entire back line, which includes your hamstring. Two different ways to do it. One facing the wall, hands are on the wall straight in front of you. You hinge at the hips with your left foot forward and your right foot back. Kind of like a pyramid pose for those of you who do yoga. The other one is standing, facing away from the wall. One foot is on the floor. One foot is on the wall at 90 degree angle. And you get your hands somewhere on blocks, on a chair. Same idea, long spine, not letting the shoulders droop. Stay there and breathe. This is really strong, safe, effective way of, quote, stretching the hamstrings. Try those. Let me know what you think. Write me at laura at movementbylaura.com. And this could be super humbling, but you're not just stretching the hamstring, you're strengthening and opening up um, that back fascial line, which can be have some restrictions to it. I hope this makes sense. As always, pulling for you and giving you lots of hugs. <laughs>